Welcome to the Are We Still Here podcast, where we talk about what really matters for you and your own health and fitness. I'm Jess. And I'm Sasha. And each week we'll come to you with a no-nonsense topic, which will make you challenge your own thoughts and ask, are we still here? Don't forget to like, share and subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast. And let's get to today's pod. Hello. Hello, how are you? Good, good. Not enjoying the um, torrential rain we've had for the past God knows how many hours, but yeah, apart from that, we're all good. Oh, it's not, it's not too, it's not too rainy here. Have you, right. had, have you had the storm yet? Mm, unsure. I don't think so. I don't think we've had it. I mean, is it, it was windy. It was very, very windy. Oh gosh, no. Yeah, it was windy the other day. It was been blowing over central around here. That type of weather. At least we've not got a delay this week. Anyone who bared with us for the first three, four minutes last week, we had like a, it was like a delayed Tetris, not Tetris, ping pong. Yeah. Like from the 80s, it was like, ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) I had a delay. I had a delay on uh, a few calls last week as well, though. I think it's the weather, isn't it? I think it was the weather, yeah, because it was like I said to clients, I was like, just to let you know, I am listening, but I might answer 10 seconds later. Yeah, but we're back. It. We're back for episode 123. Um, and we're going to talk about something today, which I think we've gone over before, but we're going to do some more recent ones, which is um, overcoming certain beliefs within health and fitness. And we've decided to not go again, not talk about our beliefs we had when we were like 18, because I mean, not just health and fitness, I dread to think what kind of beliefs I had back then. Um. Hmm. Let's go into that <laughs> um but we're talking recently so in the past three years three four years which is very recent um just things that maybe we thought were important and now we don't think they're important or not that they're not important at all but maybe not as important as we thought they were um things that the fitness industry pushes that really aren't that important um and then some more personal ones that maybe we've sat through um and thankfully come out the other end and just knowing that in three years time we could be recording a podcast and we could be talking about things that we believe now in fact we could even be talking about the things we're gonna talk about on this podcast in a different context um Mm. so uh evolving from your own beliefs is good I know some people find it very very difficult to be like I oh I don't think that anymore. Uh, I personally like it. I find it quite freeing. Um, but yeah, we're going to go into a few of those today. Do you want to start since this was your brilliant idea? <laughs> sure. Um, let's think. Of, um, well, they're written in front of me, so I'm just reading. Let's think of an interesting. I think um, at the moment there's been a few posts on Instagram talking about it. I know Eugene Teo. I know my favorite Alec Blennis posted about it, and it's um, I've put on the thing intention over form police. So, um, form police is basically movements have to be squat university just come it just literally they just popped into my head there they just mm. popped into my head as an account that basically says like your squat has to look like this it has to look like this um your deadlift has to look if it doesn't look like this you're gonna die or your spine's gonna snap or something like that um when really what actually matters is the atten- intention behind the movement 
that you're doing. So you could be doing a single leg deadlift in a way that maybe no one in your gym has seen before. So people could be like, well, that's not how you do a single leg deadlift. And it's like, well, how the hell, what? That's a stupid thing to say. How do you know? How do you know what I'm doing it for? Um, And I think it's tough because especially new coaches are looking for um, a guideline well, if, if nothing's right, then how do I know how to coach? If nothing is correct and nothing is incorrect, what am I doing here in the gym with a client? I, I can't say, oh, that looks better. I can't say, oh, what about that? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that comes with experience. Um, if someone had told me that years ago, like, oh, nothing's right or wrong, then I would have been like, well, how the hell am I supposed to know how to coach people then? And I guess it's hard to explain, but you just know. You just know after a while. Well, yeah, because your knowledge expands. That's how yeah. you're going, isn't it? But mm-hmm. I think you're right in in regards to Instagram pages like Squat University, which I remember thinking was like the holy grail at one point when I was in CrossFit land. Yeah. Where you're like, this is amazing. Da, 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 da. But it's it's the talk of absolutes, isn't it? Yeah. That it almost limits you in a way, right? Because... Like Sash said, you could be doing a single leg deadlift and not getting any feeling in your hamstring, but it says that this is how you do a single leg deadlift. So that's that's what you're doing. But you're like, I'm not really getting anything out of that. And it's like, well, tough shit. That's that's what it should be. Yeah. And or a more experienced coach who maybe has experienced that with a client before, or maybe even themselves has has understood what that feels like. Maybe they're like, oh, actually let's just try it with the dumbbell in your other hand or let's just try and shift your hips this slight yeah. this slight different way or whatever and then and then all of a sudden they're like oh god yeah that that makes such a, a big difference but mm-hmm. like Sasha says it looks entirely different to maybe somebody else doing exactly the same movement in the gym as well exactly. and you only know what to do from knowing the person um for example they might be hypermobile so doing mm-hmm. full, so doing full range hinges and it's not really going to do much for them. But then you might read something that says like, oh yeah, but you know, deadlifts are king. And it's like, okay, says who? Um, this, just this, I follow this powerlifter guy and he says deadlifts are king, like for like fitness and strength. Okay, but he's a powerlifter. He's going to say that. <laughs> I think a good a good example is glute exercises at the moment. Mm. I must see so many people doing glute exercises all the same sort of glute, glute exercises as well. Hip thrust, uh, 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 cable. Why can't I get my words out? Hmm. Uh, cable abductions. Yeah, yeah, kickbacks. Um, Smith machine kickbacks as well. Seeing all the same sort of things. But I'm, I always wonder, I'm like, why are they doing them? Something is it because never change. Something yeah, is it because you've seen it on a TikTok and someone said this is these are the great, the best exercises? And don't get me wrong, that person who's maybe talking about them on TikTok mm-hmm. <laughs> might well mm-hmm. experience gains, mm-hmm. act, activation, or whatever words they use. They might experience some sort of sensation from doing them, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best exercise for you as an individual with the goal that you have. Exactly. Um and that's why exercise, I mean, exercise selection isn't everything. Um, but when people are trying to get into a routine with training, um, if you can find an exercise that 
feels right and that might make no sense to somebody else like me saying oh yeah that just it just feels right people might be like what do you mean I'm like I don't know but it does um so like for me I don't feel glutes in any kind of single leg bridge hip thrust um any kind of uh bilateral hip extension for me I don't feel glutes whatsoever um there's not enough lengthening for me um, and as as we know, like the squeeze at the top, it's good to practice full hip extension, but it doesn't. The squeeze doesn't do anything. It's just a squeeze. Um, so for me, doing them is just um, waste of time. Um, but I know that I get so much glue in um, a Bulgarian split squat, like some like to the point where my I'll get spasms sometimes or I'll get cramp um, and I'm like ah and my bum like hurts a lot um, and when I'm doing the movement when I'm sitting back into that split squat I can literally feel my glute lengthening and I can feel it pushing back and then as I come up I can feel that it's my bum doing the work because I just know yeah so that's why I would if I was a maybe a more of a beginner and I was doing a Bulgarian split squat and I felt that I'd be like this feels better so I'm gonna put my focus onto this I'm gonna try and get really really fucking good at this and continue to load it and maybe practice different ways of loading it um because I'm this is gonna be better use of my time than just doing something else because that's what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. um but again my way of doing that movement might look completely different to someone else doing that movement their leg might need to be high it might need to be lower they might have to be on their toe they might have to be on their flat foot they might have to have their heel elevated at the front like and you only know that from trying and and unfortunately people don't like to try because they want like no I I can't be asked to to try I want to know now if it's going to you know do something um but like exploration in these movement patterns is pretty much the only option yeah which is some people don't like, but hey, that's how that's how you get stronger practice. Um, so yeah, intention over form policing. So back in the day, I used to um, everything had to be perfect. Um, and to be fair, as I don't mind saying, I do I move quite well, so it wasn't actually that hard for me to find what I thought was perfection in a movement. Um, the sumo deadlift was a particular one of mine, which like for some reason I could just rep out and my form would look completely the same on rep 15 than it would on one. Um, I could just do it. Does it mean that it was doing loads, like doing me good? No. Um, I just used to do it because as we do now, like you will continue to do stuff that you're good at, um, even if it's not really helping you that much just because there's a little bit of a like oh yeah look at me I can do that um but now yeah I would rather let someone figure it out I'd be like try that and I'd watch or watch the video if they're remote how'd it feel yeah you know what it felt good it felt really good I felt this working like um oh I've not felt my hamstrings before and now I feel them but I could look at the video and be like I wouldn't have accepted that six years ago mm. but now I'm like sweet fine by me looks great continue yeah there's like we've said before as well I think when we spoke about on the podcast about um imbalances and Mm. and and managing that everybody moves a little bit differently everyone's imbalanced it'd be weird so so it would be like for example um 
I was having this discussion with a client the other day who literally, in her words, she was like, I've got a bigger bum. So my, she said, the way my hips sit, she's like, I, my bum sticks out a little bit at the back because I've got a bigger bum. Yeah. She said, but I can't tell you the amount of like physios that I've been to where they've tried to like correct my bum. And she's like, but it's my what? bum. <laughs> she's like, I can't, I can't really change that. Um, but she's like, she said it, that, that she'd been to two or three physios and she said, I've got a really great physio now, but she said so many people have tried to say like, you need to stop sticking your bum out. And she's like, but I'm really not trying to stick my bum out. Like it's this is just out. This is just the way that that my position of my, like my pelvis is. <laughs> Honestly. And that's the thing Like you could, like we always say, you could line up a hundred people naked, whatever in a room and no one looks the same. No one moves the same. No one's, and, and don't get me wrong. But you have to go back to the intention. You know, we were talking about Zana and um, Hazel. Remember? Oh, yeah. Their squat video, which was like, yeah, it's all right. But also, like, there's no context. And even those people in the comments pulling it up, like, this doesn't really make sense. But it was clickbaity and whatever. Um, Zana could, like, the whole the point of a squat if you're doing a squat for this reason, you might not be, but I'm going to say most people are doing it to get stronger legs. Can mm-hmm. I can I throw that out there? Like that's that's a lower yeah. body compound exercise to build leg strength. So if that's the case, if your goal is leg strength, squatting like Xana in that video is, is not really going to do much. It's it's hippie. Um, it's hingy. Um, so obviously for her, doing that is not like oh this is just how I squat and it's like well yeah that's fine but what's the goal oh I I just want stronger legs I'm like well there's no point doing it then do something here's yeah here is an alternative to you reach that goal of getting stronger legs it's almost like people are just doing it because they want to do the thing that everybody else is doing regardless of whether it's optimal for what they want to achieve yeah hip thrusts are a great one for that because like what you and I have said before everybody's doing hip thrusts but there's only a small, well, I say a small percentage, there's only a percentage of people that are probably getting the most bang for the buck out of them. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what I find really interesting about this? And this is just a, a theory that I had in my head. You know how they say that, like, um, you don't play rugby, you don't play rugby to get big and fast. You play rugby because you're big and fast. Yeah. The people that do hip thrusts are the people with big bums. Yeah, I never like ever a... see a person with a little bum doing hip thrust. I see people that, you know, they're hard, they're hard working in their training. That's good enough for me. But sometimes they'll turn around and I'm like, you've had that ass since you were 13. Like that, your mum. I want to see your mum's bum. You know, I want to see your auntie's bum because they probably all look like that. But I find it really interesting that, well, it's like uh, guys, I guess. So guys with big chests are going to train chest. Guys with big biceps are going to train biceps. Like I never see like, I never see girls with small bums doing hip thrusts. I find that really interesting. And well, I think I see, but it's still, it's still, you but know. It, but it's like what we said before. So um, in, in regards to the self-fulfilling prophecy, so like you've just said, um, if you feel like you're good at something, you're probably going to do more of it because mm-hmm. it looks cool and makes you feel good. Totally understandable why yeah. that happens. But also, like I would say I haven't got, the biggest bum in the world mm-hmm. but when I was doing hip thrusts and mm-hmm. a million other variations to try and grow, grow my glutes mm-hmm. as I've mentioned on this podcast before in order for me to maintain that in any way shape or form was unsustainable beyond the eight 12 week block that I did of yeah. that 
because yeah. I was having to train my glutes four days a week and it left very little for anything else. Anything else, yeah. It, and, and, and so what happened was I ended up out of proportion because I neglected my upper body, but my legs, my legs and my glutes were just like, yeah, they look great. But then I was yeah. like, oh, actually, hold on a second. So if I want to be well-rounded and a quite like functional, which obviously gets thrown around a bit, I want to be like quite robust. Mm-hmm. My training should surely reflect that and not the fact that every single session has got three exercises focusing on my glutes and then everything else is like oh quick uh quick quick let's um don't forget to do some pressing yeah literally exactly and that's why yeah that's why this is so important because as we've always said since the two and a bit years doing this podcast like intention matters Mm -hmm. what are you doing it and the reason might be because I saw someone do it and that's fine but then you've got to think okay but why are you here why why do you want to why do you want to be in the gym today just today, mm-hmm. not for the next however many years. Why do you want to be in the gym today? Yeah. Oh, I want to work on my glutes. Okay, well, if that's not working, then I'd maybe pick something else. Like when I had a big bum, um, I I grew I didn't do a single hip thrust. Um, so it is possible. You just gotta find exercises that again, like we were saying, that just feel better um for us and for me. That was my you know what was mine actually? Step ups. I love step ups. I and also the film step up. I enjoyed that a lot. Yes. <laughs> I I mean I do step ups now, you know, uh, I give clients step ups now. I I'd say one of the hardest um single leg movements to do, one done right. And um it's glute. Mm. And I I think anything between like a squat and a hinge, like that kind of middle ground like a Bulgarian split squat, your bum's going to be doing some work. Um yeah. so I would always say if you're listening and you don't like hip thrusts and you want to train glutes and try some um, proper uh-huh, step ups, not form police again, but to get you glute, there has to, you know, find that position that works for you where you feel your bum working. It, do- it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what YouTube says, shift around, put your foot in different places and find it. Um, so that was my first one. Intention over form police. Mm. Yeah. My one is um and I, I think you said things that have occurred to us in the last few years yeah. whereas for me I think this has been like a gradual evolve it's like evolved over time because if you asked me this like 10 years ago I would have been this is the way if you asked me this five years ago I would be like I kind of still believe that is the way but then if you asked me a couple of years ago because of probably my own training my opinions of it on it have evolved so the one that I said is consistency overall else and I was going to write a post on this today so maybe it feeds in really well for some um thoughts so I can scribble them down after the pod but um the, the consistency overall else is Sasha and I of course understand consistency is so important and we talk about it a lot in regards to um adherence to a program that is aligned with your values of what you're trying to achieve in your mm-hmm. in your sessions. That is the most important thing. But consistency doesn't need to be doing something every single day. No. A consistent program for for a client for Sasha and I could be somebody who says they want to train twice a week for two years, and they, they hit train twice a week for two years, and that's that's consistency. Yeah. Um, it could also be somebody who generally trains for four sessions a week but when uh, work's busy they drop it down to two that's also yeah. consistency because yeah, they're, understand- they're understanding of 
what they need to change to be as consistent as possible. I think one of the things that has changed in my opinion over time is I always used to believe that I had to be consistent on set days. I I kind of created a bit of a narrative in my head. So the never miss a Monday thing is obviously quite a a big statement on social media, isn't it? I literally miss every Monday. I don't train on Mondays. But I, I don't train on Mondays as time's gone on. And as time's gone on, over the last few years uh one was because when I was doing marathon training a big run was on a Sunday yeah. so I needed a rest day on a Monday mm-hmm. um in recent times it's because football's on a Sunday so again I need a rest day or two at the minute the way that my body's feeling um on, on a Monday but I I almost created these um rigid beliefs around the days of the week and was really like didn't want to let them go for a long time but I always say to my to my clients as well is your life is going to change, your job's going to change, your family dynamic is going to change. And sometimes it's even more frequent than over a year period. Sometimes it's like, okay, every every month your diary is going to look different. Look at my clients who are nurses or like work in the police. Like they are constantly having to adapt and change. And if you always feel disappointed because you're not sticking to the schedule that you've set yourself only because of you've created this rigidity around things, it does lead to this disappointment. So for me, my thoughts were consistency is great, but don't let it be a hang up in regards to your mindset around the progress that you can make. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it's human nature to believe that our lives are a statistical anomaly, as in like what's always happened, right? life Mm -hmm. always happened parties christmas birthdays holidays busy weeks of work it's always happened right it's it's never it's not going to stop but we want to believe that it will how many have you had when like oh you know i feel like i just need i just need like a period of time where like nothing's going on i was like has that ever happened ever in your life no wait well what do you, you think that your life is a statistical anomaly Instead of believing what's always happened, we worry about the one thing that's never happened. And and, and just because it's, it's me and I'm on this call, it's like um, in the stock market, like people don't invest because they, they, they're worried that the stock market's going to crash, right? But the stock market will crash. It has always yeah, it's, crashed. It's inevitable. Yeah. It, it will crash. It will crash. Uh, it's crash every, you know, every 10 years, whatever, in history, it will always crash. Some people say that. I'm like, yeah, but it is going to crash. You know what would be even weirder? If it crashed and never recovered, which has never happened before in history. But that's what people worry about. They worry about a statistical anomaly that has never happened instead of focusing on, of course it will. Mm. Like, oh, I really want to, you know, I really want to do my five sessions like uh, every day for six months, every week for six months. Like that won't happen. That won't happen. It, 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 so there's no point in worrying about it because it's never happened before and it will never happen. That's just the way life is. But mm-hmm. instead, we just worry about that one thing that's just never happened ever. And I think that's a, it's an illusion, is it, that we think that we are just in control of everything. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, it's a good example. It's like, why are you worrying about something that's never happened instead of looking at history and seeing what has always happened and what's always been fine. Yeah, like oh, yeah, in, rega- in regards to fitness, the things that stress us out most, it's like times of the year, 
Christmas or going away on holiday or, oh my God, what is going to happen if I take a break from training or those types of things. It's like, again, and I understand it in the beginning. I've got a client who I work with at the moment who's been training since the beginning of the year with me. And I remember the first time she went on holiday, she was a bit nervous. She was like, but previously when I've gone away on holiday and then tried to get back into training, I've always found it really hard. I was like, I get that. I totally get it. And again, from that point of view, her experience was her concern, which made sense, right? Because it yeah, was, yeah, of course. her, it was like history repeating itself was the concern. So she had evidence for it, mm-hmm. but it was like, hey, but what are you doing differently this time? Well, I've not approached training as if it's a panic for the holiday, for one. I've actually just been training for the whole year anyway. So that's different. Okay. And what's your thoughts around um, like training this time around? Well, I'm actually enjoying it because I understand it a lot more. Yeah. Okay, great. And then what do you think you going away for a week is going to ha- happen to where you're at at the minute? Uh, well, I would, I would imagine not a lot, but like, can you like reaffirm that for me? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Let's talk about even maybe on a biological level, what's going to happen by you having a week away from training. And you know what I mean? Then when you, when you like make, yeah, again, nothing. When you make <clears throat> sense of it, you speak to that rational side of your brain Um I think that's often what we're all experiencing when we have these like fleeting moments of panic in anything in life. You just need to like rationalize with yourself. Like, okay, why am I, why am I thinking that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that true? What evidence do I have to back that? Okay. What's yeah. And you just talk yourself through it. Don't you? Exactly. Um, speaking of this topic, I just found, cause I remember when you said like, about this consistency thing I remembered that I'd written an email about it on the 23rd of August 2022 long time ago and it was the email was called undesirable levels of consistency and it was basically how um and I met you know what's weird I have a really weird selective memory like I remember really odd things and I remember Mm. exactly why I wrote this email because um I saw a number of coaches putting up their clients my fitness pal entry on the graph that my fitness pal gives yeah. and it was literally like boom 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 and then like on the line yeah. every day for god knows how long and it was being praised and I remember thinking if that was my client I'd be concerned I'd be worried I'd be like yo this level of perfection is is concerning to me yeah. um, because it, it's forced um and yeah, I was just writing like, um, it's un- uh, the behavior itself is unsustainable. Um, I've put, it's not something I want to encourage and it's not something that should be praised because it's an unhealthy attachment to perfection within health and fitness. Um, and then I went on to talk about how the people who talk about consistency, their own consistency online, that's, that's not consistency because if you have to talk about it and if it's unusual enough to talk about it's just virtue signaling consistency because the people who are genuinely consistent as in the consistency that we're talking about which is like four sessions three sessions four sessions holiday like actual normal consistency Mm -hmm. don't don't feel the need to talk about it and if you have to literally tell the world that you um what's the word if you had to tell the world that you basically ticked off your routine for two weeks in a row then no that's not consistency that's performing that's performative action on social media 
and that's not what consistency is the, uh, the true consistency is you don't have to talk about it because it's it's just life and you're just doing it yeah I had this conversation with a um another coach the other day because they were talking about an an app that they use which for a group program monitors like uh, everything in like a, an achievement sort of way um, right. and I was like cool but I said what happens when they don't what happens when they're not on that anymore and they're like what do you mean I was like well where where do they go from there and then they were like I don't um, I don't know well it's just good in the, in the beginning to nope. and I was like <laughs> I, I was like I don't I don't know I, I think I think um again an old app I used to use was very um stat driven around those things and the patterns that I saw was it worked until it didn't just like it does with my fitness pal and all those other things that we talk about where it's like it can it it allows people to put the stickers along the board like you do when you're in primary school to say yes I've had a 30 day streak on reading my book at school or I've had a 30 day streak on achieving my steps or whatever it might be but it's like then what are you going to do that forever or where are we going with this exactly what's what's where I think that's it it's just where are we going that's that's all I want to know and if someone struggles to answer it or then I always think then if yeah if they struggle if they struggle to answer it then the uh, intention behind it in the beginning might have always been a bit off yeah exactly but you have to think about in life the things that makes the thing the characteristics of these apps that makes them succeed are ultimately what makes them fail like, yeah, yeah. like my fitness pal like oh yeah I like it because you know I can see um I can see what I'm eating like um I can see how much I need to lose weight I can see how much I need to gain weight I can see how much protein I can see and at the beginning those characteristics are listed as reasons why they are good and reasons why they succeed but those exact things will be used as a reason for their downfall a year later like if you, you all you have to do is put a different tone of voice and say the exact same thing oh I could see how much I was eating I could see how much I was needing to lose weight I could see how much I was needing to gain weight I could see how much protein I was having so I've said the exact same sentence just in a different tone of voice one is this is amazing look what it can do one is this is my downfall so it's the same thing that makes it seem good is the exact thing that makes it succeed just like things like in my personal opinion again this is a personal thing Facebook groups different tone of voice oh you know what it's just so nice to have you know people on the same wavelength you know we come on on each other's things and um someone put their uh, their food up and we can say oh this is good and then I get ideas from it and then literally you could just say well I felt like um you know if I was in that group I kind of had to abide by those rules and if I wasn't doing what everyone else was doing then um it I was failing and so Mm it's it's downfall is exactly what made you join it in the first place it's just a frame of mind so what seems like something so good at the beginning with god I could literally talk about this for like five hours what seems so good and what lures you in is eventually what makes you leave yeah me and you had this discussion didn't we because I think when um when we first met mine was I had a Facebook group that was like I said was coming to its its own natural end and uh, same with same with you right when you were at Simon you had one yeah yeah so it's like it seemed like the, the 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 right thing at the time until your awareness grows as a coach around what you're trying to help people with 
and understanding like we always say it's the individual so you'll get two different people in that group who one might respond again just in the the, the type of person that they are maybe they're quite extroverted maybe um maybe they're like posting on social media they're like do you know what I mean and then you might get somebody else who's like it's just not for me which did happen in some instances like mm-hmm. I had sometimes had clients who didn't even have social media do you know what yeah. I mean so well, it's forcing it, it, people it's forcing people yeah to it's I don't want to be that might not want to be in the same room yeah that's because it you can't advertise this isn't you but I'm just saying as a whole you can't advertise individualized coaching then force people in a group and make them talk it doesn't make yeah. it doesn't make any sense like I've got clients now that we I mean we joke about it but um when I did that post um it wasn't recently actually I think it's actually pinned on my thing. It's basically like, this is what I don't do. And what I won't do is create an illusion of community amongst people who couldn't care if each other lived or died. Like not in a bad way, but like they don't know each other. They've never met. They don't know each other's names. Like it, and that's fine. And in my clients, um, you know, I had a few messages or someone, in fact, some of them even commented on that post saying, Oh, I'm so glad I'm not in your team. Like, and then people re- re- replied to it saying like the word tribe and um my uh what what other people call it like oh just like it's just icky you're like forcing people and then mm. a few years down the line when those clients are inevitably not with you because they've been in this weird group like they will be like oh yeah in fact I spoke to a woman the other day who just said the group that she felt like she had to be in was the reason she left her coach because she just could not deal with the like tribalism um and I get some people get this really right you know some people have got these groups that people make loads of money from people love it but I'm just saying sometimes for the for the wrong person that'll be the downfall yeah and we we have spoke about this before though because we spoke about crossfit haven't we like yeah. crossfit clearly does does something right because people um buy into it as a as a as a brand as a sport um but it's also like you say one of the reasons that many people leave it is because yeah. of that that gets to a point where it doesn't serve them anymore yeah um, i think it's i think it's hard i think it is hard as a as a coach trying to experiment with that as well i know i definitely in the early years of my coaching was trying to find my feet with what that looked like yeah like like I said to you the other day I think for me what I've just come to realize over the years is it's less about the community thing and more about connection yes and and that might still come in some form of community but only if connections first and yeah, the, community, well, the community is almost like a byproduct of that by choice from people not by having to be in it because you tell them they need to it's yeah. almost like, I don't know say for example um I, I did a menopause workshop a few weeks ago right say I did that menopause workshop and the reason I was there was because I wanted to connect with the women in front of me to talk about something that was important to them mm-hmm. that they wanted to spend their evening with me learning about yeah. okay if after that session a few of them stayed behind and they were nattering and they had like a good chat and yeah. then they arranged to go do something together that would make sense, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah. they just, they just, they just hit it off, and they, and they felt like it was really helpful. Um, and then say if I did something else in the future, they were like, oh yeah, actually, we'll, we'll come to that. It's not that I've like forged this community and made them have to be a part of it, but it's like off their own like backs, they've, they've decided something came exactly. of it. Exactly, because it's not mean? forced. It's not yeah. connection happens if two people connect. Com- yeah. And I'm not saying community like just that word because community is a is a positive word, you know, it's a good thing. Um, but in this context, community in fitness is forced 
connection happens sometimes you know you can't you know like it's like when you go into a classroom or something when you're younger and they're like right don't sit with your friends sit with new people and for some people they're like yeah fine some people like I don't want to sit with other people I want to sit with my mates um because that's forced you're Mm -hmm. forcing people to to connect with each other when they might not want to and that's why again we go back to um the consistency thing if people and crossfit such an example if you're only being consistent because your mates because you, because oh. you, you, you because you've signed up to a class and you have to go because otherwise you get punished or because your mates are there or whatever then eventually that's fine for now you know some people need that like some people will will not will cancel on themselves but they won't cancel on others and that's fine for now but if you're only going because of that then it, it won't last what if the gym last yeah what if the gym closed gym closes the next day or your mate sandra's moved to milton Keynes. oh i sandra's oh, gone sandra's a gone. random location to pick i know i don't know why i don't know why but yeah i, <laughs> I agree gone, like, so i can't it's go it's short-lived isn't it hmm. it's short it's short-lived yeah it's exactly short-lived. And, and again, I think as well, it's um, it's it's hard work as well as a coach trying to, like you say, force anything. Yeah, it's not your. It's, it's not. It's literally, it's not, literally your job. not your job. Yeah. So if you're trying to force something that doesn't exist, then geez. Anyway, we spoke about that for ages. Let's pick another one. <laughs> um, let me read. So um, we've done it. We've gone through that. We've gone through that. That was a good one. Um. Maybe steps are all the cardio you need. Oh, yeah. Bloody um, hell. Well, the interesting thing about this one is that, again, oh, my God, it's like the hip thrust thing. Like, people with big bums um, do hip thrusts. Uh, you don't become a rugby player because you're big. You become big. Uh, sorry. You, you play rugby because you're big. You don't become big by playing rugby. When I was most obsessed with – not obsessed. When I was most into steps – it was when naturally I was doing so many without trying because I literally had to. So I was mm-hmm. doing 25,000 a day because I, I I couldn't not. Yeah. That was how many my day was. That's the end, right? Um, And that's when I was talking about it the most. Now, I mean, depending on days, whatever, depending on what I'm doing, average, I mean, I don't know. I don't count them. Um. Definitely not 25,000. Definitely a a third of it, not even that. Um, But it was, you know, it was like, oh, guys, again, we we let people off the hook and it wasn't good. And I did it too. And I will sit here and admit that. But steps isn't cardio. Mm. It's not. However, unless you are very deconditioned and you don't do any exercise, then it is. Yeah, because that's almost like you. For you, if you said, oh, no, because I've done cardio today and you told me you went on a 20-minute walk, I'd be like, huh? Mm. It's not cardio for you. For someone who doesn't exercise, it's great because i tell you what, they'll get a good um, aerobic response from a 30-minute. And I always say, you know, sometimes I'll prescribe um, uh, a, a purposeful walk right a purposeful walk might be put a bag on your back put some stuff in it water bottle whatever and go on a stump for half an hour um wherever you want on the treadmill if you want if that's all you got or if you live in a a place where you're lucky enough to have greenery go for a stomp 
for someone who doesn't do that much exercise that's literally great yeah for you mm, I mean it wouldn't be a great use of your time because you'd need to do so long to, to get any kind of benefit yeah so, so like three hours I'm like well yeah point. yeah like for, uh, for example on Friday and Saturday I, I did a an eight mile hike on Friday and a 12 on Saturday hmm. and I knew about it but I think oh, anything yeah. less I think anything less than that it probably would have been like, well, yeah, because I probably, again, like Sasha, even though it's not necessarily walking, but there'll be hours in the day where we'll be on our feet anyway, pottering around, moving, doing bits. So it's not, it's not the same. But again, some people might say, so yeah, so what, what classes as intentional cardio for maybe someone who of average fitness? Whatever you get, yeah, whatever you get a response. It's not you're not choosing. You don't get to choose. Your body, your body, your body will tell you. Yeah, exactly. You don't, I don't go, oh, I'm going to do 20 minute walk for my cardio today. Okay. Yeah. But you didn't get a, a aerobic response. You didn't get a, a stimulus from it. So it's not, it's not. So you don't get to just randomly choose. Like I what I'm choosing. You get to choose the modality. So treadmill, uh, on feet, bike, ski, if you're mental, rowing, um, what else? Ten uh, sport, great. But if I went on a bike and did like thirty RPM for half an hour, it doesn't count mm-hmm. because nothing's happening. So it's you have to think about what exercise is as a stimulus. Um, so you need your heart to like you're you're training the heart and lungs, right? So they need to be doing something. And if they're not, then it's not. Um, so that's why I say purposeful walk is different or a hike maybe is different. Like that one I told you about, the ones you did at the weekend, maybe. So steep. Mm. So it, again, it wasn't cardio. It was probably single leg work. <laughs> um, but I definitely got a stimulus from it because it was hard. That's the thing. Again, and then there's so much talk about, oh, you know, your cardio should be easy. Your cardio should be easy. And it's like, yeah, if you're if you're fit. Mm. If you're not fit, then it shouldn't really be, you know, if someone does no exercise whatsoever and then you tell them to do, um, oh, just do some zone two. It's like, no, they don't, they're not doing anything. They they maybe need to do some work, you know, um, mm-hmm. and going on a purposeful stomp will be work. Yeah. You know, go 40 minutes, stomp. Oh, I was, you know, I was sweating. Like, great. Um, so I think sometimes we need to remember that cardio equal, and again, work is a funny word because contextually it could mean easy or hard. Um, work though, mm. did it feel like work? You know, did you feel like, oh, you know, I'm doing something here, you know, heart was doing stuff, a little bit sweaty, maybe if you're a sweaty person, red, a little bit red in the cheeks. Um, is, is it, does it feel like work? Yes. Does it feel so much work that you feel like you're starting to feel a little bit unwell or that you want to stop yeah okay too much work did it feel like you could have done it for like 10 hours and you're not really getting much exercise at the beginning oh yeah I could yeah Mm, not enough work Mm -hmm. again it's not zone two zone three zone four zone five it's not six minute pace eight minute pace ten minute pace is is it work and can you do it for a moderate amount of time for how long you've got yeah that's fine yeah that's fine just crack on and keep going don't stop 
Mm. And that's why I think it's good to say like um, the whole physical activity, physical exercise thing, steps is physical activity. Of course it is. Walking is physical activity, gardening, um, cleaning, I would say sometimes if you're in the zone and you've had a few espressos. Um, Moving house, physical activity. Think about these things that are like a graft, um, but you you know, you wouldn't be like, oh, I don't need to exercise because I um, am a cleaner. I clean houses all day. Is that, mm, I wouldn't, I'd say that exercise will still be extremely beneficial to every every human on the planet. So, yeah. but you're very, very physical. So you might need a little bit less. You might not need as big a stimulus as someone who sits on the bum all day. So yeah. it, it, and I might sound like it's making it complicated, but really I'm making it really, really simple. Yeah. Your lifestyle impacts it a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you, and you need to take that into consideration. E- even the way that I sometimes look at training, my own training. So for example, I know that often on a Wednesday afternoon, I'm often on my feet all afternoon and then I go straight to football, which is quite demanding so then on a Thursday morning, I've got clients again. So then the training that I do on Thursday morning, it's almost like, even though I know I've been in bed and I've laid down for eight hours, it's almost like I actually appreciate a workout where it's less time on feet. So on a Thursday morning, what I probably wouldn't want is a ton of running. No, but you wouldn't, because, it would be it would be wrong for you to do that. But, it, but again, it's just thinking about it, isn't it? And again, like minute, looking at your training and seeing how it feels, um, I've got a client who I'm working with at the moment and, and she's a teacher and I know she uh, spends a lot of time on feet uh, doing sport with them on certain days of the week and we're only just like working together so I'm very much like how do you feel doing this session at the minute on this day because it really does depend on what she's done yesterday and actually what she's got on today and all those things that come into it it's not just yeah did you do three sets of 12 of that or did did you just did you give it eighty percent on that run or yeah it's like did you make do it, make it? yeah exactly yeah, make it make sense yeah exactly and I think it's a tough one because it sounds like we're saying that walking isn't important but that's not what we're saying at all no walking is super important so important oh my god it's so important and please don't take that message as like oh fuck it I just won't do my steps or whatever you want to call it it's not important it's just that after a while like as you know if you've been listening to this podcast or know me at all like I walk to work and I have done I've done the same walk because I used to live opposite where I live now I've done that same walk honestly thousands of times I do it without thinking sometimes I don't remember the walk Mm. sometimes I get to the train station I genuinely don't remember the walk I've just done because I've done it thousands of times imagine if I just said oh yeah that's my exercise yeah yeah no, you've done it. Th- you've done it thousands of times, and you don't even remember it. It can't be that yeah. hard. <laughs> Literally, I don't remember it. I'm just thinking, God, I just did that walk, and I don't remember which, traffic lights. Yeah, which is why it's so important. It's it's all relative as well. So, say for example, if you went off and had surgery, and your recovery mm-hmm. was six to twelve weeks, that first walk you did would be probably your work. It's work because you're getting back into it. It's the same when someone's had a baby or anything like that how many times people say oh I used to be so good at this yeah but it's all relative where are you now what are you doing now Literally. what have you been doing for the last few years Literally. like it it doesn't matter where you were it's where you are now yeah and take, taking it every day as it comes just like if I've got an injury 
then I'll take a step back to then go forwards again. It's mm-hmm. is what it is. And what if I didn't have, say work got randomly really, really busy, right? And that was my only time for work. I could um, put my running shoes on. I could put some stuff in my bag. I could tighten those straps, put a very good sports bra on, maybe mm. two. <laughs> and I could make that walk work. I could maybe um, right now with my current running, I wouldn't be able to run the whole way with my bag. It, it would probably exhaust me before I got to work. But what I could do is do my intervals on the way or stop at traffic lights, go really slow, just run, walk in no particular time, three minutes, four minutes, whatever, run and then stop when it starts to feel like a little bit too much work then walk. So I could make it work by adding effort, by adding stimulus. Um, and this is why obviously when people say, oh yeah, it should be, you know, training should be easy. It should be easy. It should be easy. It's like, yeah, well, it depends on the person, depends on what else they've got to do. It depends on the goal. If it's like marathon training, then yeah, easy. Yeah, it, it has to be because you got you got five hours to build up to and good luck doing that if it's hard. Um, but then if it's just someone who just really, really does nothing, then a little a bit of hard work would be probably really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think hopefully people got the, the, the message from that one that we're not saying that steps don't count for anything because they do but if you are at a certain level of fitness they do not count as your cardiovascular work um and if you're currently training and you feel like they do and that's your current cardiovascular work, then maybe you should increase your good warm-up in the gym or do something at the weekend or just slowly gradually add it um until it starts to feel like you're doing a little bit more work mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at that timing. Perfect timing. Literally, perfect timing. Um, thanks, guys. Good pod. Great so, pod. Great pod as always. We'll see you next week for more. 124 next week. That's crazy. Maybe we should get what's his name on. He did say he'd come on after episode 100. Jake Goodman. Yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah, that'd be a fun chat. Um, anyway, guys, thanks so much. Um, we shall see you next week for episode 124. See Bye. you later.